Welcome to Rebellious Christian Philosophy. My name is Luke Smith. I hope you enjoy the show today. Today on Rebellious Christian Philosophy, we are going to be looking at a message called The Word of God. And we will be looking at Psalm 119, verses 9 through 25. The psalmist says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. With all my heart I have sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. Your word I have treasured in my heart, that I may not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have told of all the ordinances of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies. As much as in all riches I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways. I shall delight in your statutes. I shall not forget your word. Deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things from your law. I am a stranger in the earth. Do not hide your commandments from me. My soul is crushed with longing after your ordinances at all times. Your rebuke, the arrogant, you rebuke the arrogant, the cursed, who wander from your commandments. Take away reproach and contempt from me, for I observe your testimonies. Even though princes sit and talk against me, your servant meditates on your statutes. Your testimonies also are my delight. They are my counselors. My soul cleaves to the dust. Revive me according to your word. We live in a time when many books are being written. Many voices are being heard. Many are writing, blogging. Many are expressing themselves through social media. We live in a country where everybody has an opinion on something and you can expect them to express that opinion very loudly. We have new teachings, new ideologies, new philosophies. Things are being said and written regardless if it's truth or if it's lies. Many are reading these new authors or listening to these new speakers, but few are reading the most important book in the world and few are hearing from the most important person Obviously, I am talking about the Word of God and the God of the Word. We have over 100 million Bibles sold every year, yet the culture we live in shows us that these Bibles have become decorations for a nightstand instead of a book that is well read. Our Bibles have become dusty from not reading, and that has produced unclean people and an unclean culture. People are not reading their Bibles, and therefore, are not hearing from God. This is not how it is supposed to be, though. It has always been God's desire to speak to His creation, especially His people. We see this all through the Old Testament. He spoke directly to Adam and Eve in the garden. When He wanted Israel's attention, He sent prophets to speak forth His word. He is a speaking God, not a silent one. There has never been a time when God has not been speaking to someone. When he wanted to get the whole world's attention, he sent his son to speak. John calls our Lord the Word of God. 
He was literally the living Word of God. When Jesus Christ ascended into heaven, He then sent the Holy Spirit to speak the Word of God to us. And the most effective way the Holy Spirit has done this is by all 66 books we have called the Bible. Our Lord tells us, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And though the living Word has ascended to heaven, the written Word has been left for us to hear Him. And so we come to this long psalm, Psalm 119, that puts so much emphasis on the Word of God. The psalmist here shows the Word as treasure to be sought after. Martin Luther professed that he prized this psalm so highly that he would not take the whole world in exchange for one leaf of it. This long psalm is a treasure map where you can locate every gem you have ever desired to find. This psalm is a treasure chest full of wonder. As we look at a few verses in this psalm, we will find six things that the Word of God produces in the life of the believer, and only the believer. In verse 9 it says, How can a young man keep his way pure? And then it answers the question by saying, by keeping it according to your word. So the first thing we see here is that the word of God produces cleanness in the life of the believer. The word of God has been related to a mirror. When you look in a mirror, you will find out what's wrong with you real quick. You will find out what's wrong with the way you look real quick. You will find out if you need to wear what you have on or not. You will find out if you have food on your face or in your teeth. You will see all your spots and blemishes, your imperfections. It's the same with the Word of God. When you open your Bible and start to read, you will start to see the real you. A.W. Tozer once said, An honest man with an open Bible and a pad and a pencil is sure to find out what is wrong with him very quickly. In order for one to have this cleanness, though, one must be forgiven. God tells us to be holy because He is holy, but we can't be holy unless He does the sanctifying work of the Word in us. We were justified when He saved us, but we still live in the world where sin is abounding. He has to clean us up from time to time by washing us with the Word of God. We open our Bibles, we read it, we obey it, and by it, He cleanses us. In the first epistle of John, John says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we are faithful to read and obey what it says pertaining to sin and unrighteousness, then He will cleanse us thoroughly. The second thing we look at here is in verses 10 through 11. The psalmist says, With all my heart I have sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. Your word I have treasured in my heart, that I might, may not sin against you. So the second thing we see here is that the word of God produces repentance in the life of the believer. The idea of repentance is to not do what you once used to do. When Christ has saved us from sin, 
we should not be those who go back into that life. We have a new life in Christ. We are not the same person we once were. We have been born again. Each day we should practice this art of repentance. We need to make a choice every day to live for ourselves or to repent of that and live for God. One man I heard say, As I continue to walk with the Lord, I have noticed that I sin less and I repent more. The goal in being able to do this, though, is by hiding the Word of God in us. Paul tells us in Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. That idea for richly is abundantly, in large quantities. He says, let it dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing. If you are genuinely reading the Word of God, then you are storing up the Word of God in you to come out in the proper time. The Word of God will enable you to live a life set apart for Him. In your own strength, you can do nothing. By Him, you can do anything. In the words of Sir Robert Anderson, if any are to be delivered, it must be by a deeper and more thorough knowledge of the Scriptures. The third thing we see here is found in verses 15 and 16. The psalmist says, I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways. I shall delight in your statutes. I shall not forget your word. And so the third thing we see here is that the word of God produces biblical thinking and the life of of the believer. Oh, how the church needs biblical thinkers. We as believers need to be those who are using their minds to the glory of God. We need to read, then think about what we read. The psalmist says here that he meditates, he regards or contemplates, he delights, and he will not forget. He meditates, meaning to talk with oneself. He contemplates, meaning to look into, to consider what he's reading. He delights, meaning to be joyful in what he finds out or thinks on in the Word. And he doesn't forget, meaning to never let the Word of God leave his mind. We need to be thinkers of divine things. We need to be those who are loving the Lord with our minds. Paul tells us, set your mind on things above, where Christ is seated. I can't think of a better way to do that than to read and think on the Word of God. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said this, It is sufficient if the Word, as we read and understand it, penetrates and dwells within us, as Mary pondered in her heart, the things that were told by the shepherds. As, we, as what we have casually overheard follows us for a long time, sticks in our mind, occupies, disturbs, or delights us without our ability to do anything about it. So, in meditation, God's word seeks to enter in and remain with us. A.W. Pink said this, Meditation upon the Word of God is one of the most important of all the means of grace and growth in spirituality. We must discipline ourselves to be biblical thinkers once again 
as the Reformers were, the Martin Luthers, the John Calvins, the John Knoxes, men who shook the world by their biblical thinking that God's Word produced in them. The fourth thing we see is found in verse 18. The psalmist says, Open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things from your law. And so the fourth thing we see here is that the Word of God produces revelation in the life of the believer. Revelation being the opening of something that seemed hidden. The God of the Word has to open the Word of God for us. We need the illumination from the Holy Spirit to understand the Word of God fully. The great preacher R.A. Torrey said, You should never open the Bible without at least lifting your heart to God in silent prayer that He will interpret it and illumine its pages by the light of His Spirit. Read and then ask God what He means by the text you just read. When you don't understand something in the Scriptures, just ask Him to explain. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. We have not because we ask not. I believe we need to have depth in our study of the Word. We need to be those who are digging into the Scriptures. And the deeper we go, we need to ask God to shine forth His light so we can see what is in all that depth. When you walk outside at night and it's pitch black and you can't see a thing, you start desiring a flashlight or some form of light so you can see what is out there. And the Holy Spirit is that light that enables you to see what you can't see in the Word of God. It was the Holy Spirit that illuminated the mind of Martin Luther when he read the Scriptures and the Protestant Reformation began. We need revelation of the Scriptures in the church today. The fifth thing we see is found in verses 23 and 24. The psalmist says, Even though princes sit and talk against me, your servant meditates on your statutes. Your testimonies also are my delight. They are my counselors. And so the fifth thing we see here is that the word of God produces counsel in the life of the believer. As the Christian reads and thinks on things, they read, then they will know what to do in their lives. The Word of God becomes then their counselor as they read the Word of God. In this same psalm, the psalmist says in verse 105, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The Word of God leads the way for the Christian in this dark world. We know where to walk by the Word. We know how to speak to this world by the Word. We know everything we need to know and do by the Word of God. Missionaries are called to go to another country and minister by the Word of God telling them to do so. Are you sensing the call of God on your life for a certain task? Make sure the Word of God confirms it. Are you seeking a new job? Go to the Word. Are you seeking a spouse? Go to the Word. Are you depressed? Are you dealing with sin? Are you confused? Go to the Word. The writer of Hebrews tells us, The Word of God is living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. If you love His Word, then you will let His Word be your counselor. The answer to all life's problems are found in the Word. 
The sixth thing we see is found in verse 25. The psalmist says, My soul cleaves to the dust. Revive me according to your word. And so the sixth thing we see here is that the word of God produces revival in the life of the believer. The original idea for the word revive is that of breathing. The psalmist seems to suggest that when you are short of breath or out of breath, then it is the word of God that breathes that breath back into you. It puts you back on your feet and gets you moving again. Life will knock the breath out of you from time to time, and what is needed for revival is the Spirit of God breathing the Word of God into the child of God. It is refreshing to be revived by the living water of the Word. Our Lord said, Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We might say with the psalmist, Why are you cast down on my soul? But we can go to our God and say to him the same words of the psalmist, My soul thirsts for you, O God. It was G.K. Chesterton who said, The Christian ideal has not been tried and found wanting. It has been found difficult and left untried. The life of a Christian is not an easy one. Never has been, never will be. Our Lord Jesus told us it was going to be hard, and that we were to be disciplined regardless of how hard it gets. Thank God, though, that He hasn't left us to do this on our own, because we would fail over and over again. Thank God for His Word. Read it. Think on it. Obey it. Pray over it. Thirst after it. Each time you open it, expect it to speak. I'll end with this. Charles Spurgeon said, A Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. Thanks for listening. Today's book recommendation is John Calvin's Commentary on the Bible. I told you in a previous episode about John Calvin's Institute for the Christian Religion, which is still a good book that you should get, but I would also encourage you to seek out his commentary on certain books of the Bible. You can find them on studylight.org, or I would actually encourage you to find the books themselves if you can. They would be a treasure, and they will help you as you read the Word of God.